My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and my, our Redeemer. My sermon title this morning is Enlightened Eyes and Hearts. We'll be focusing primarily on St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians that we heard read a few moments ago. This past Wednesday on the church calendar was All Saints Day, and this past Thursday was All Souls Day. And here at our church, what we tend to do is celebrate it on the following Sunday. We celebrate the both together, primarily All Souls. And All Souls is the day when the church remembers and commemorates with prayer and commendations to God of the souls of our departed loved ones. And this idea of remembering and commemorating Christian departed is not a medieval Catholic addition to the Christian faith, but part of the practice seen in the early church, particularly in the worship that took place in the catacombs beneath Rome as the martyrs were remembered in prayer and whose remains were actually upon which communion tables and altars were built. And it's interesting that this year, well, for me anyway, <laughs> I presided over a funeral uh, this past Thursday for an old member uh, of our church who had been struggling with dementia for many years and who, who recently, who just passed away. And so I thought it was appropriate having the funeral on All Souls. And so it's been on my mind, right, this, the Christian relationship with, with death and the Christian relationship with the departed. And if, if people tell you, well, well let, me, let me put it to you this way. Our culture is still soaked in this idea of the supernatural and the paranormal. If you don't believe me, just turn on your television and watch like a show about people trying to hunt ghosts. You know, you've seen that. Like, the camera's like close up on their face and... Um, you know, what was that noise? It was, well, it was probably just like a frog, you know, cr croaking over there. And they go to these places where spirits are supposed to be, and they try to, like, find evidence of the supernatural. And our culture believes in the paranormal. Our culture believes in the supernatural. I remember many years ago, I worked with someone, and we were just sort of talking about our beliefs, and she told me with a very straight face that she believed in fairies. And I was like, fairies? Fairies? She's like, yes, fairies. And I was like, that's great. That's great. But for some reason, when it comes to Christians, we tend to have a more materialistic and a secular view of the supernatural and of death and of the departed than many of our non-Christian brothers and sisters and friends. But days like today kind of shake us out of that. It makes us more aware of the departed of the supernatural. And I even think this, this categorization of things that are natural and things that are supernatural, that's sort of artificial, right? Nobody in the history of the world believed in that distinction until nowadays. It just was all part of life. And so people are yearning for and they're seeking something beyond themselves. And as 
such they, they fall into and they fall prey to many, many different errors. But what I find fascinating about St. Paul, he does this elsewhere in Romans, but also he does this right here in Ephesians, is he highlights something very particular. He turns our eyes towards something. He, he asks us to look at something beyond ourselves, something amazing, something that he says that, that we will see and that we will know. And what he highlights is something that no belief system, no alternate philosophy, no other religion can match. He highlights the nature of hope in the death of a Christian. And you may scratch your head and think, that's weird, Pastor Mike. What hope is there once we have died? Some Eastern religions will tell you that you do not have a soul or you do not have a self at all. That what you need is to be freed from the concept of there being an I, right, a me. They will say, well, that's a fake thing. You need to learn to divest yourself of that. Because it's this idea that we have a soul, that we have a self, is what leads us to suffering. So as a result, we have to go through this karmic cycle of, of death and rebirth until all of that falls away. And we can finally be absorbed into the great nothingness of the universe. Modern secularism is just as religious in its pronouncements of the nothingness of the soul. You may have heard this. You're just worm food when you die. There's no God. And people who believe in God are categorized as believing in flying spaghetti monsters or what have you. And just as strident, well they are just as strident in their own missionary work of trying to free us from religion altogether. Not, not, does not seem their own hypocrisy. This project has not succeeded, and we see in the collapse of the so-called new atheists and the failure of the project. Because, brothers and sisters, when the soul, the essence of what we are, is denied, then we are only left with the darkness of nihilism. And we have seen in our own day, in our own time, in our culture, the rise of nihilism, particularly among young men. There's a, a historian, a church historian named Yaroslav Pelikan, probably one of the greatest modern-day church historians. If you ever see a book by him, I highly recommend picking whatever it is up. He says this, if the church, if, sorry, let me start that over. He says, if Christ is not risen, then nothing, nothing matters. Nothing else matters. But if Christ is risen, then nothing else matters. For St. Paul, and for the writers of the scriptures, we have a soul. And in the New Testament, the, the writers of scriptures use spirit and soul. Gener generally, they use this interchangeably, right? They're using two different words to kind of refer to the same thing. And what St. Paul focuses here on hope is a little bit different from other places in Romans. He says this in verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So right here he says God has called you to something. He has called you to this hope. And this hope is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. God has called us 
to experience, to see hope. To see and know it. It's not just a merely mental thing, but it's something experiential that we are called to participate in. And he says this is reserved for, he says in verse 19, towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. It's Christ's work. It's Christ's activity. It's Christ's crucifixion and resurrection on the cross and the empty tomb. These, this is what empowers this. And this is the hope he gives to those of us who believe in him. This hope we can see and know. And he says that this was worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly places. Right? Christ is supreme. Christ is above all, all powers, all dominions, every name that is named, not only in this age, but in also the one to come, all bow at the feet of Christ. And he says that he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What's so powerful about this, brothers and sisters, is that this is what God has promised for us. That there is a hope that we all have. And that this hope isn't based on wishful thinking. There's lots of things in our lives that we wish and that we hope for. Man, I really, really hope. I don't know, the Jets do good this year. I really, really hope that the Buccaneers start, you know, focusing more on football and who their, than who their quarterback is dating. Three Bucks fans out there. Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs. Whoever. I'm so out of it nowadays. Right? It's the hope is based on not wishful thinking, but what Christ has worked for us. What he has done for us. Which means it's not hope based in wishful thinking or maybe something will happen. It's, it's, it's based on and grounded in what has already happened. That Christ is risen from the dead. And that he gives that as his gift to all those who, who will follow him. And many times, particularly during funerals and other times, we focus, we talk a lot about dying and going to heaven. About dying and going to heaven. And I think it's good that we think about dying and going to heaven. But brothers and sisters, the hope that we have in Christ is not just death and then a disembodied existence in heaven. That's not what the scriptures are talking about here. Heaven, when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, that place that's referring to, the word that's used is, is referencing a temporary way station. Right? Sort of like, you know, when you go on vacation and you stay at a motel or a hotel or something like that. That's what heaven is. Heaven isn't our final destination. Heaven is a stepping stone. Heaven is, uh, heaven is a place where we wait in the love of Christ, united with Christ, as we await the fullness of what we are to receive. Because those of us who die in Christ, we have not yet received the fullness of what salvation offers us. And what St. Paul is always trying to lead his readers back into understanding is that it's the resurrection of the dead. When Paul gets into trouble, he doesn't get into trouble because he preaches, we, you die and go to heaven. Paul gets in trouble because he, people think he's an idiot because there was no, no other belief system at the time had this concept of the, resur the resurrection of the dead. 
And so our understanding of all saints, our understanding of all souls is all grounded in the reality that those who have departed this life in faith, those who have departed this life in Christ, they are with Christ now. And since they have an immediate experience of his presence, they are participating in a manner of life that's more alive than what we are experiencing right now. And that's sort of hard for our minds to, to wrap itself around because we're taught from infancy to believe that all that is is just what we can see and touch and taste and feel right now. But those that we love who died in the arms of Christ, who have gone before us, are experiencing a depth of life and joy that's beyond anything that we remaining on the earth right now can comprehend. And I think it's important to remember that when we talk about, about death, when we talk about the Christian relationship to the supernatural, is that the resurrection of, of, of humanity is what it's all about. Because that's the hope that's offered us. Right? When he talks about us receiving an inheritance, he's not talking about finances. When the New Testament talks about receiving that which is guaranteed for us, it's referring to something very specific. The hope that we have. And so, part of the goal of the Christian life is what St. Paul says right here. That he does not cease to stop praying for them so that God will open their eyes. That he will give them a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. That their hearts might be enlightened. So that they can know, that you can know, that I can know the hope to which that you are called, the hope to which they are called, and how all of this is worked out through the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ. And so to our Lord Jesus Christ be our glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-creating spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast for Zion Stone Church. I'm Reverend Mike Lantzman, and I'd like to extend to you an invitation, if you're ever in our area, to please worship with us Sunday mornings at 1015. If you'd like to get a hold of me or would like some information about the church or just have some questions, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page or via email. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.